Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Again, the word always. Always, yeah, sometimes. uh, (laughs) Revise it. Yes, but I'm here today. You are here today. Thank you, thank you. Deacon Jeff was hoping you wouldn't be, but... Yes. (laughs) He was on a roll. No, no, he's good. He's always great to step in, and and of course, we always both want you here. I just, I hate when you you can't be here, but glad that uh, he's he's ready to step in when you can't be. But uh, how's everything been going with you? Good. Um, so yesterday we had a cool thing at work. Yesterday we did a, a mobile food pantry. Uh-huh. And of course, during the COVID, you have to wear a mask and gloves. So therefore, my tan lines are very interesting. <laughs> so You're like, a little lobster-esque. Like half of my nose <laughs> to my forehead are bright red. And then like they're below it is just like white. Yeah, so, you yeah. just gotta you got to stay directly facing the sun where you yes. get that nice even burn. Right. <laughs> so, so maybe with this weekend, it'll even out a little bit. I hear you. Well, yeah. it's good to have you back. And it's good to uh, be in here doing another show. I know it's uh, a few days later than normal um but we're glad to get back in here you know and one of the things I, I was praying this week about what to talk about um as i do i try to do every week i try not to come in here without you know talking to god about what he wants instead mm-hmm. of what uh what i think may you know be needed in the world or talk to be talked about right now but one of the things that that uh, i just couldn't take my mind off of was the last couple of weeks reading you know for the last two weeks or so we've been talking uh, we, we've been reading about in, in Matthew, you know, the first couple of chapters, five through seven, uh, also knows the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. you know, starts the Beatitudes and then goes uh, through that and then into uh, some some things that can be a gut check, you know, as a Christian. Sure, yeah. And we've talked about some of these things before, but I don't think this whole picture, this whole sermon, the way I want to talk about today, you know, we, we've got so much going wrong in the world today. You know, with all the different things, the riots, the, you know, the, the virus, all of these things, you know, people that aren't coming back to church because, you know, well, quite frankly, maybe they've gotten used to not um, not going, that maybe they've said, well, you know what, maybe this, this Eucharist thing was supposed to be the source of my life and the summit of my life, but I hadn't really missed it, you know, mm-hmm. which should be an indication of, of looking inward instead of just right. saying, like, maybe I just won't go back um, and question, you know, why that is so, but um with everything going on in the world right now, it really, I've had trouble sleeping the last couple of nights. I've been reading these readings, and especially as you get towards the end of the sermon, and uh, and Jesus starts to talk about what it really means to be a Christian, and what it really means to follow him, and what the consequences of not understanding that are. And I look around the world today, and with everything that we have going on, we don't see, you don't see tons and tons of people standing up and being the light that we're called to be in the world, part of what he calls in, in this sermon, right? The, you're supposed to be a light in the world, a city on a hill. Uh, you know, don't put a bushel over your over the, uh, a bushel basket over the lamp. Um, put it on a stand where everybody can see it. Like you, you, you see all these things, but you don't see a lot of that going on in the world right now, like evil and chaos and dissension and, and all this stuff is is reigning right now. And I think it's because a lot of us we we like. Christianity is a hobby, right? Like, and a lot of people may get mad at that statement. A lot of people may say, you know what, this guy's a jerk and he's judgmental. And I'm speaking to myself as much as I am anybody else here. So I want everybody to understand that as we go into this. 
But like what I mean by that is we have a lot of people that show up in churches every week, whether you're Catholic, you know, another, you know, a denomination denomination of Christianity, whatever it might be. We have a lot of people going to church every, every week, right? We got 73 million Catholics around the world, supposedly. Um, but what we don't see a lot of times is people truly behaving the way that Christ asks us right. to. Church is more than just a social gathering or right. a social group or being part of the right people right. In, in a town. And um, we're, we're here to talk about that. How are we going to make it? A difference how right. do you make a change well it's first of all it's not just about sitting in a church once a right. week like if that is the extent of what you call being a christian then then you need to go back and you need to read some more of the word and what christ asked us to because while we're all called to go to church as catholics we're supposed to be there every sunday and it's you know a mortal sin if we're not um that can't be the extent of our faith that's just the beginning right that is going and paying our respects and worshiping and honoring god the way that we're called to and the way we should want to but the call of Christ is to live in a certain way every minute of your life, whether you're you're at the soup kitchen, you're at your job, or you're cutting the grass. Like to be a Christian is a complete and total way of life. And it's a call to repentance. Like you hear Jesus say that so much in the New Testament. You hear Paul say, you, see, you hear Peter, his first sermon when he comes out of the, the upper room, repent and believe in the gospel, right? Like, and repent to repent means to change to turn, like, right, to turn away from this and turn towards that, to completely change, to turn my back on whatever it was that I was living, the way I was living, who I was, and become this new thing. And in this case, repent and believe in the gospel, believe in Jesus Christ. Become the person that Jesus has set forth in these teachings that you hear in, in, in quite frankly, the whole New Testament. Mm-hmm. But in this five to seven, you know, Matthew five to seven here on this roadmap that he puts out here that he calls us, you're to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. You're supposed to love your neighbor, turn the other cheek, uh, do not judge one another. Like for the last week and a half, two weeks, he's been setting out in the beginning, these are what you've got to do. You've got to do this. And he says, you know, things like, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Well, when he talks about the scribes and Pharisees, he's always saying like, on the outside, they look like they're living the faith, but they're not on the inside. They don't have a converted heart. They aren't truly living for God. And so he's he's saying they present the faith, but they don't live it. He's calling us into the same recognition of, are we doing the same thing? Are we going to all the church activities? Are we checking all the boxes? Are we, are we uh, on the outside presenting that we're living this Christian life, but then at the same time, we're trying to have our cake and eat it too, right? Like I want to look like a Christian, but I still want to be in control and live my life the way I want to live it. Like I still want to do the things. I still want to watch my pornography. I still want to drink 15 beers a night. I still want to, you know, do what I want when I want. I still want to be selfish, but yet I'm a Christian. And I know, look, we all struggle and we all fail and we're sinners and and we're all going to fall. That's not the point of what I'm saying here. What I'm saying here is Jesus is calling in this in, in this Sermon on the Mount into another way of life, a true conversion that doesn't happen for one hour on a Sunday or a couple hours a week, but every single second of your life. And he goes on to tell us at the end, which we'll get to in a little bit, like, if you don't get this, you're not going to be in heaven. And that's the thing that's been keeping me up every night for the last week or so has been like, I've been waking up every night with a journal next to my bed and writing down things and, and really has built this built into this podcast, the things that God was telling me, uh, I think through through my dreams or the things that I was waking up and just had on my mind is the fact that there are a lot of people, and this is probably going to make people mad when I say this, 
But there are a lot of people out there that identify as Christians that will not wind up in heaven. It just won't. Mm-hmm. And if you don't take my word for it, don't say, John Edwards, you're a jerk for saying that. Um, if, if that's your response, then you probably need to look interiorly at, <laughs> at why it offends you so much. But two, take it from Jesus Christ because he says it. He says it multiple times, and we're going to read some of that here in a minute. But also the church, uh, the church fathers say the same thing, right? Uh, you know, St. Augustine says, If you wish to imitate the multitude, then you shall not be among the few that shall enter in by the narrow gate. The narrow gate was one of the readings we had earlier in the week. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. Um, another thing, St. Thomas Aquinas says, Those who are saved are in the minority. And it, I'm sure most people can read this and brush over it and say, You know what? Well, yeah, everybody, yeah, only Christians are in the minority, right? There's a ton of people in the world that are atheists, that don't believe in God, that just have not given their life to God. They're going to go to hell. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about those that claim to follow Christ, that the saved are in the minority within that group. He's not just talking about people who haven't met Jesus yet. He's talking about a lot of people out there that think that they're good, right, that that have the, the sin of presumption, right, that I'm just going to get to heaven because I'm a nice person and all that. But he's saying here no like even within the christian world there is a small minority that is actually going to be saved that's going to make it to heaven um saint augustine goes on to say as a man lives so shall he die like these are all talking about like look if you choose to live your life any other way than what christ tells us in these scriptures and these readings today that we're going to go through then you're going to you're you're going to die that same way like if you live as somebody who doesn't adhere to the principles and really puts them into play in their life beyond just going through the motions, but truly converting your heart, then you're going to be upset, right? You're not going to make it where you want to go. And there's only two places. Well, there's three if you count purgatory, but then you've got hell, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's there's one of two places you really you want to wind up, and that's heaven. Um, the other part, like the greater part of men choose to be damned rather than to love Almighty God. That's from St. Alphonsus. You know, another church doctor. And here's one of the most powerful ones that I, that I had down. And this says, St. Teresa, as the Roman Rhoda attest, never fell into any mortal sin, but still our Lord showed her the place prepared for her in hell. Not because she deserved hell, but because had she not risen from the state of lukewarmness in which she lived, she would in the end have lost the grace of God and been damned. Now, this is a saint of the church, a canonized saint. And... He is, St. Alphonsus is talking about St. Teresa and saying, like, God showed her her place in hell. That, like, yeah, you're doing all these great things and you're living this life, and but there's always a chance you're going to go to hell if you ever stop living this way, right? Like, there's a place there for you, just as if, as if God has made a place for you in heaven. Like, how you live your life determines which apartment you're going to wind up in, I guess you could say, of those places in heaven and hell. And we don't take that seriously enough as Christians. Like we, and, and it's, I don't know that it's always our fault. We get rocked to sleep in our faith. We, you know, we, we fall asleep in a lot of things and we lose our practices. And we think that just going to church on Sunday is enough. I, I don't know that it's always um, intentional that we stop living the life that Christ calls us to, but we're still responsible for that action, whether it's intentional or not. And we have to wake up to that and know that Christ is calling us to live a different way. And we have to live that way in our life. I think the word you said earlier was repent, and, and that's used a lot in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what that is is more of a redirection of life, as you were saying, turning from one and ab- avoiding the other. Uh, turning back to God, meaning that turning back to His will and away from your own perverse will. Because everything you do out of your own heart really isn't good for you. 
mm-hmm. and it's not good for people around you because you're acting in a what a selfish manner. And so what what the, all the doctors of the church are saying, what you quoted, is pretty much saying, be careful of yourself, yeah. because if if you're you, you can fool yourself into to living a condemned life. And the most important thing is, like, how do we get better at that? Well, we turn inwardly, not to just ourselves, but to the Holy Spirit and to Christ, being part of His sacred heart, you know, giving mm-hmm. up ourselves and saying, you know, whenever I do things on my own, I really tend to mess it up. And I tend to mess it up royally. Um, and that's when we come, like you said, that's when repent really happens, when we know we're in a pile of crap. Right. You know, and then we look around going, how did I get here? Sure. How is the destruction around me and me not knowing that was I was carrying with me for for a long time. Well, and that's that's why I consider myself lucky to have gone through the things I've gone through. And a lot of people might have said, might say like, "Dude, you nuts! Like you got arrested, you had a drug problem, you almost lost your family." And yeah, at the time it sucked. It was horrible. I, I wouldn't have wished that on anybody. But looking back, I am so grateful that that happened in my life because most people don't have a moment like that, right? They just we just go through life and everything else just becomes more important, right? The soccer games and the this and the that and the running our kids everywhere and everything else in the world that 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 just is a distraction. So I don't mean kids are distractions. Right. I just mean everything else that becomes more important than God, like stuff starts to leapfrog like us going to heaven because we have this just natural proclivity in our life to think well i'm gonna live forever or you know what not live forever but i got a long time before i'm gonna die so i don't have to worry about that till later Mm -hmm. and then we think well i'll have an opportunity to learn about to worry about that later but we don't like we've said it before in here how many car wrecks get a get a deathbed you know um moment how many how many heart attacks you know i mean there's there's so many things in the world how many people that thought they were fine one day and the next thing you know they've got covid and they're gone in a couple of days like we never know what what what's going to happen so we have to like we have to bring ourselves back to what christ is calling us to which the beatitudes you know and and, and the things that are difficult you know being persecuted for our faith that's something you don't see a lot right now like people aren't out there speaking up because they don't want to be persecuted they don't want to be called out they don't want to be seen as different but he tells us, like, blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's one thing right there. Go out and speak my name and don't worry about getting persecuted. If you can do that, you've got a good chance of going to heaven, right? By, by worrying about my opinion and what I think and not what anybody else does. There's one lesson right there. Um, you know, he continues to say things like that, like, like blessed are, uh, where's the other one? Blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be satisfied. Like, he's not saying, hey, to hunger and thirst for something doesn't mean like he's not saying his choice of words there are are specific like to hunger to thirst if you've ever been hungry if you've ever thirsted you know if you've ever been to the point where your mouth's so dry you would give anything for a, for a sip of water or you've been so hungry you would give anything for a piece of food like that's what he's talking about like that sort of longing for for living the Christian life, not this. Well, I'll go yeah. to church Sunday. The Eucharist, and, yeah, the Eucharist in the blood. Right, like right. that's yeah. But he, I mean, he's just talking about for that righteousness period, like for what I'm called to, the virtue, the holiness, like. Mm-hmm. And if we need to really look in our lives and say, are we doing that? Can I say I have a hunger for righteousness in my life, or is 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 being Christian just another thing I do? Right, is is going to church on Sunday just another thing? And, and that's what it's become for a lot of us. I know, and I, it was that way for me for a long time in my life. But I mean, the thing is, like, we have to look at conversion. That's what, like, you repent and then you convert. You turn back, but then you constantly convert. 
It's not just a, man, I had this one problem in my life and then Jesus showed up and it was all better and now I like him a lot and I'm going to go there because he did some things for me and you know I'm going to do my best to kind of like, you know, be a good person and all that. No, it's like conversion, constant conversion for the rest of your life. When you sign up, when you're baptized, like you were saying, I will love you for the rest of my life above everything else. My wife, my kids, my job, everything I have in the world. I will put you first. I will live in a manner of which you have asked me to. I will be the salt of the earth. I will be the light of the world. I will I will care about others, right? I will stay married to my wife. Like the teachings about divorce, he says in here. The teachings about oaths and retaliation. Like all these head these headers of these individual parts of the chapters of Matthew 5 and 6. Like I will love my enemies even when it's hard, right? I will, I will give alms. I will do all of these things. He teaches us how we pray. Right, And he talks about how important prayer will be in our life. How many of us don't pray on a daily basis? But we expect, we think we're going to heaven. Mm -hmm. But I don't talk to God once in my life. Not once a day. I don't give him any of my time unless I'm in trouble, I need something, or I want something. Like There are thousands of us out there that live that way. I know because I used to live that way. I still do. Like Part of what, part of what he's saying here and what he's going to go on to say in some of these other verses is he's going to talk about people come to you and say, Lord, Lord, and he's going to say, look, like I never knew you. Be gone from me, evildoer. That's that's where this goes at the end. And I'll skip to that real quick. He says, it's under the true disciple. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name? Did we not do mighty deeds in your name? Then I will declare to them solemnly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you evildoer. Jesus is rooting for us to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. He wants us to be with him forever. But it says solemnly. Like he's got his hung on the load. He's sad by it. He's, he's disturbed by the fact that he's going to have to tell you, I'm sorry, but you can't come in, right? You didn't live the way I told you mm -hmm. to. You didn't take what I said seriously. You kind of took the truth and made it relative to you. And yeah, you went to church, and yeah, you said a lot of rosaries, and yeah, you you went to a lot of different activities, and yeah, you fed the poor some, and, and that's great, but I never knew you. Like, you never loved me. You never desired that intimate relationship with me. I wasn't ever first in your life. You didn't live, how do I know? You didn't live that way. You didn't live that way. And that's what he means before that with the narrow road. Like, he gives all these great things, these, this is how you live as a Christian, and don't worry about your life because God's going to take care of you like the birds in the air. Like there's this beautiful just Lord's, the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, all of that is, here's the guidelines. And it's going to be so great if you do. It's going to be so great. And then wham, it's like a kick in the stomach. It's the gut check, right? Narrow is the road. Narrow and constricted is the road that leads to life. And, and uh, only a few will find it. That's what he says before this passage. And he's calling us into this repentance. He's trying to tell you again and again, like these half measures, this dancing on the tightrope of, of doing what I want to do and going to church sometimes and feeling whatever it is that makes me feel okay with both sides is not going to cut it. Like he's doing everything he can tell because he loves us that much to say, look, if you don't take this seriously, you're going to be in hell. Whether you've been a Christian all your life, whether you've gone to church every week of your life, if you don't understand and put into practice in your life what I'm asking you to right now, you're not going to be there with me. And it's going to hurt. And I'm going to I'm gonna be sad about it. But this is the truth. And this is what you have to understand. And there's so many, like, this is what 
makes me want to do what what we're doing right now is because I think there's so many of us out here that are living this life that we think, man, I'm good, right? Like I'm getting, if I die tomorrow, I'm going to heaven. But we don't take a great inventory of our life. We don't look and see. We don't go back to scripture and say, am I doing what he told me to do? Or am I doing some contrived version of this, something that I'm that, that's in my mind that I'm living this way, but I'm really not? Like, is Jesus my friend? Mm-hmm. You know? When I when as Father Larry said on the talk we watched last night, like when I name my top ten friends, is Jesus number one? Or is he on the list at all? These are the things that we have to be thinking about always. And these are the things, this is the reason why we can we could and should continue to go back to this this set of chapters in Matthew, this part of the gospel, constantly. Because this is this is it. Like there's no going to heaven and going, Well, Jesus, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You heard it once a year in the Catholic Church, you just never took it seriously. What, since we're in the book of Matthew, yeah. something that stood out to me in my, my reading of this morning, Divine Intimacy, is like uh, from Matthew um, chapter 11, verse 29. Now, in the, the Old English, it says yoke, right? Mm-hmm. But from this verse, it said, Learn of me because I am meek and humble of heart. And those are the two virtues in particular, meekness and humility, that Christ is saying, if you understand this, you, you got it. You, got, you, got the, you found the path narrow that... That I have set before you, and and what it is is that you know when you think of a path, you know we've all been hiking or in the mountains or whatever, and and sometimes it's 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 depicted exactly where to go, and sometimes you may lose a marker. You're like, well, where is it? And you find that path again, and 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 that's a that's what it is when you sit and you pray and you say ask for direction and you get back on that narrow path, but the path has been kind of walked down by the doctors of the church, the saints. The unknown saints have come before us, and of course, the broad road. If we he didn't talk about, but we we assume what he's also saying. The other is that yeah, it's it's like the Roman road. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's paved. It's got nice things on the side. You know, tourist attractions coming here, little trappings here and there. Enjoy your life. This is you only got one life, so enjoy mm-hmm. everything. What he's saying is that you can't not. It's not saying don't enjoy life. It's like enjoy life with me. Enjoy mm-hmm. the being full of life in me. Well, and he never he never promised it was going to be easy. No, yeah. That's what he's trying to say again. Is like this life is hard. It looks good. It sounds good. It sounds easy, but it's hard. Like, and that's why few will find it. That's why few will walk that road. That's why, um, like, why he goes on to say, and he, he doubles and triples down on this by saying, um, one, the narrow gate, then two, the true disciple, where he's talking about Lord, Lord, but then three, he goes into two foundations. He says, everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who builds his house on rock. But then he goes again and he says, everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not act on them will be like a fool who built his house on the sand. Mm -hmm. He is doing everything he can here to say, look, you got to act. You got to listen. You got to take this to heart. These aren't just merely suggestions. These aren't like a to-do list that hopefully you can get to sometimes. No, these are the things that you are called to live if you were to be my disciple. Just as he let people walk away. At the bread of life discourse, right? He knows people are going to walk away, but he wants the people that are going, he wants everybody, but he especially looks for the people who are willing to follow him. And he says, you are the ones that are going to receive eternal life. You are the ones that will be with me and my father forever. So we have to like, we have to start working on that repentance. We have to keep these things in mind. Like there's a lot of preaching and there's, there's a lot of things going on in the world, right? But 
preaching is good if it if it brings repentance, mm-hmm. right? Like that's it. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of words like that somebody's listening to. That's what he's saying. Like listen and act on them. You can go to church every Sunday and listen to everything the deacon or the priest or whatever has to say, but you you also can never act on them. It's part of free will. And if you don't act on them, then you are going to go to hell. That is what Jesus has said in here again and again and again. So we have to act. We can't have our cake and eat it too. There is no like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna straddle this this white line or this yellow line in the middle of the road, right? You do that, you're gonna get run over by one side or the other, mm-hmm. right? You've got to pick the side you're going to walk on. It's either I'm going to walk with Jesus, and this is what it means to be a Catholic Christian, and this is what I'm going to do starting today, even if you hadn't been, in my life, and I'm going to say no to everything else because that's what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we've, we've got to start living like that, the wise man, and we've got to realize that being a Christian isn't about just the things we do. It's about what we become, right? That It's about a transformation of the heart and becoming what God calls us to, not just simply going through the motions and checking off our boxes and doing these things to make ourselves feel better. Because God, is, is a, as it says, um, as God says to, uh, was it Samuel, I think, that went to anoint David? And, um, mm-hmm. and, and he says, this can't be the one. He says, you see as man sees, but uh, not as sees God heart, sees, right. right? God sees into the heart. That's what he's talking about here. Is we can put up all the charades and the facades and, and make it look like we're as Christian as we want to be. But God sees through all that. And he's going to judge us based on whether we live the way that he's called us to live. So as we come here to the end of the show, here's a couple questions to ask yourself. When is the last time you've hungered for God, for righteousness? Have you ever? You know, does the way I live my faith look more like a hobby or a way of life? Like that's a big one. Is, a, is being a Christian a hobby or actually the way I'm living? Uh, where's your treasure? Which is another thing he says in the Sermon on the Mount. Wherever it is is where your heart is. Whatever is the most important to you is what is is where your heart is. So if it's not Jesus, you need to work on fixing that if you want to go to heaven. And then if you know you're not living the way that, that of the life that Jesus calls you to, then ask for his help to convert your heart. Like that's what it takes. Really sit there and say, Jesus, I know that maybe I haven't been living the way that you've called me to by the letter and I'm a sinner and I fail and that's okay. Like you've given me ways to, to fix that, to repent from that, to to reconcile with you. But Lord, help convert my heart. Help right. me to repent and truly put you first in my life and keep you there. Even when I fall, even when I fail, always turn and revert back to you and to truly live in the way that you ask me to live. And so folks, this is a gut check week. I mean, every time we come across these readings, Jesus is telling us, if you don't live this way, there's going to be consequences. So listen to him and do what he asks. So let's take it to prayer, Victor. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, how quickly we can be lulled to sleep in our Christian walk. Before we know it, our faith can turn into more of a hobby than a way of life. Help us to repent and realize the life we have to live out every day if we want to be with you forever. And Father, help us to remember that the wise man not only listens to, but acts on your teachings. In the name of the Father, Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.